put together yourself. So I bring this thing home, and I get out the instruction booklet. And this thing is huge, guys. I think, by the time I finish reading that, I could have that table put together. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm a man. I can get that put together. When I finished, this table was leaning. You could touch the top of it, and it wobbled. It was a disaster. At that point, there was only one thing for me to do. <laughs> Got to have those instructions, huh? Um, just about everything comes with instructions. The manufacturer, the maker, gives us an instruction manual on how to put things together, on how to take care of it, on how to use it so that we can get the most out of it. Instructions are very important. And we will find ourselves in a lot of trouble if we decide not to use them. Here's another way to look at it. Our vehicles, our cars, our trucks have instruction manuals. These manuals are given by the maker by the manufacturer of that vehicle. These instructions tell us things to do or not to do to get the maximum performance and the maximum life out of that vehicle. If we choose to use this manual, these instructions, there will be less problems. There will be fewer breakdowns down the road. But we have to choose to use those instructions. Did you know that the Bible, the Bible, is the instruction manual for our life? Amen. It is given to us by God, our maker, our manufacturer. In it, we find instructions that if we choose to follow, will make our life easier down the road. We're going to have fewer breakdowns down the road. But we have to choose to follow those instructions. We can have Bibles in every room of our house, in our living room, in our bedrooms, in our kitchens, in our dens. We can keep a Bible at work. We can hold one in our back pocket. But they'll do us absolutely no good unless we choose to read them. Amen. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning, our instruction manual to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Here we find the Ten Commandments. Ten specific instructions that God, our maker, our manufacturer, has given to us to maximize our lives. Now the first commandment is first for a reason. So that's where we're going to begin. We're going to start at the first. Let's read Exodus Chapter 20. I'm going to begin in verse 1, and we will find the first commandment in verse 3. Verse 1 says, And God spoke all these words. Verse 2. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And here is our first commandment. 
you shall have no other gods before me. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, this morning as we study your word, your first commandment today, help us to recognize the things that are controlling our lives and help us to realize how important it is for us to put you above all of these things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, the first thing I want you to notice there in verse 3 is the word gods. It's not capitalized. It's not talking about a particular person, a particular place, or a particular thing. What this is talking about is anything. Doesn't matter what it is. Anything that we are putting before God. Anything that is taking first place in our lives. God is telling us not to put anything ahead of Him. Not our jobs. Not our money. Not our homes. Not our vehicles. Not drugs. Not alcohol. Nothing right. in front of God. Amen. God says to make Him our number one priority. First things first. And the first thing is to put God first in our lives. If we want to get what God intends for us to get out of our lives, we have got to put God first. And if we do, He gives us a promise. That promise is in Proverbs 3, verse 6. It tells us that if we put God first, He will direct us and crown our efforts with success. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I want to have success in my life. And that promise sounds pretty good to me. So I want to put God first. Question is, how do I do that? With so much in the world today, with so much out there, how do I put God first in my lives? To help us, I have an acrostic. The word first has five letters. F-I-R-S-T. So here are five areas that we are to give God first priority. Now I'm going to begin with the hardest today. Get that one out of the way. Amen. The letter F in the word first stands for finances. And I see all those dirty looks out there right now. You're saying, Chad, you haven't been up there for a minute. And already you're getting in my business. <laughs> but I'm not the one getting in your business. Guys, this is straight from the Word of God. Amen. And the Word of God tells us to tithe. If we are not tithing, God is not first in our finances. Tithe means tenth. We are to give God 10% of all. Say all. all. We are to give God 10% of all that we make. Not 10% of what I have left over after I pay the car payment. And not 10% of what I have left over after I pay my cell phone bill. And not 10% of what I have left over after I buy that new video game. It's 10% off the top. The Bible also tells us the purpose of tithing. In Deuteronomy 14, 23, tithing is to teach you to put God first in your lives. 
And in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of all your income. You see, the reason is for tithing is not because God needs our tenth. It's all His anyway. The reason for tithing is to teach us to honor God and to teach us to be givers. God is a giver, amen? God wants us to grow to be more like Him. And to do that, we have to learn to give. Give cheerfully. Not give grudgingly or with a bad attitude or because I have to. We are to give cheerfully. And if we're giving for the right reasons, then we are honoring God. Now, we are in some pretty tough economic times right now. People are out of work. Some have been out of work for a long time. Money is tight. People are having financial troubles. What is the solution? How about put God first? If we're having financial troubles, put God first. Whatever we want God to bless. Listen, church. Say amen if you're listening. Whatever we want God to bless, we have to put him first in that area. Whatever it is, we have to put God first in that area. Some of you are thinking, I just can't afford to tithe right now. To this, I'm going to tell you what Malachi 3.10 says. It says, tithe and God will pour out a blessing on you until it overflows. And in that same verse... God tells us to test him. So we know he has to be serious. Can you imagine an overflowing blessing? Whew, sounds pretty good. Sounds like to me none of us can afford not to give. The word F, or the the letter F in the word first stands for finances. Put God first in our finances. But the letter I in the word first stands for interests. If God is going to be number one, we must put him first in our interest. That means our fun times, our play times, our recreations, our hobbies, our leisure times. Whatever we want God to bless, we have to put him first in that area. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whatever you do, Do it all. Say all. All. Do it all for God's glory. This includes when we go on vacation, play golf, go fishing, hunting, sailing, shopping, whatever it is. Do it all for God's glory. You know, you can tell what a person's priorities are by seeing what they get excited about. What gets you excited? That's what's important to you. I tend to get excited about fishing. I saw Brother Bill's eyes light up when I mentioned golf. Um, So how do I put God first by fishing? Or by playing golf? Or by shopping? 
or whatever our thing is. Well, we rarely do these things alone. We can take someone with us, maybe have a conversation with them about the Lord. That's putting God first. We can thank God for giving us the ability to do whatever our thing is. That's putting God first. I know people who have the ability to talk for hours on end. Jada says, I'm one of those people. She says, I have a big enough mouth for five sets of teeth. If you're like me and you like to talk all day, we should thank God for that ability. Because Ephesians 5.19 says, talk with each other much about the Lord. If our thing is talking, it should be easy to put God first. Now I mentioned that I get excited about fishing and talking. But I also get excited about our grow ministry. Grow is one of my biggest interests. This is when I get the chance to go out and visit and talk. This is when I'm doing the Lord's work. God is definitely first in that area. And if you're not involved in our Grow ministry, let me encourage you to get with Kathy today about helping out in some way. Show the Lord that you're willing to put Him first. Get interested in God's work. Put Him first in your interest. To really maximize our lives, we have got to put God first. First in our finances. First in our interests. And the letter R in the word first stands for relationships. All. Say all. All of our relationships. If we want God first, we're going to have to choose our friends carefully. Now you may be asking, what does who my friends are have to do with God being first in my life? It's because we become like the people we spend the most time with. If we spend time with people who take God and His Word casually, we're going to become casual believers. Whoever we spend time with, that is what we're going to be like. Now, Brother Bill delivered a message some time ago, and one of the points of his message were, was that there are some people we don't need to hang around. I thought about that. It weighed on me a little bit. Didn't know if I understood that right. Are you saying that there's some people that I don't need to be with? Right. Because we tend to become like those that we hang around with the most. Whoever we spend the time with, that is what we're going to be like. I really, it really started to make sense to me when I thought about how peer pressure in our lives influence a lot of the things that we do. The truth is, if we want God first in our life, there are some relationships that are dead wrong for us. Remember this, it's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull somebody up. So if we're hanging out with the wrong crowd, the chances of us being pulled down are much greater. We have to choose our friends carefully. Surround ourselves with people who take God and His Word seriously. But also, put God first in your marriages. Nothing 
and I mean nothing has been better for my marriage than me beginning to put God first in my life and living for Him and put God first in my marriage. My priorities used to go something like this. Jada, Byron, and Titus. Work. Notice anything missing there? How about God? And I could tell there was something missing in my life at that time too. Things just weren't right. It made me angry, frustrated, somewhat lonely. This had a negative effect on all of my relationships. But God spoke to me through a series of events that occurred. And when I started living for Him and following Him, all the missing parts were there. They were found. And I thank God for that every day. We hear and read things all the time about how high the divorce rate is in America. It's on TV. It's in magazines. We hear it on the radio. It's obvious that too many people, like I did, have their priorities out of order. Too many marriages are built on the wrong foundation. If God is not first, they are not going to get the great things out of that marriage that God intended for them to get. Is something missing in your marriage? In any of your relationships, choose to put God first. Whatever we want God to bless, we have to put Him first in that area. First things first. And the first thing is to put God first. First in our finances. First in our interests. First in our relationships. And now the letter S. The S in first stands for schedules. Put God first in our schedule. Make time for God. Ephesians 5, 16 and 17 says, Make the most of your time. Understand what the will of the Lord is. How do I put God first in my schedule? I ask Him to help me use my time wisely. I make a to-do list, then pray over it. God, I have a list here of ten things to do, but I only have time to do five. Which ones do you want me to do? If you're like me, there just doesn't seem to be enough time in the day to do the things that I think need to be done. Selection is the name of the game. And we select by asking God to help. Again, if you're listening, say amen. amen. We will always have enough time to do God's will. Did y'all hear that? There is always enough time to do what God wants done. But we have to choose to do it. We have to choose to put God first in our schedules. There's always enough time to do God's will, but we have to choose to do it. God has a plan for our life. If we find ourselves having more things to do than we have time to do them, it means that we're doing some things that aren't in God's will. They may be good things, but he didn't mean for us to do them at this time. 
God doesn't ask us to do more than we have time to do it. When we start feeling frustrated and hassled and frazzled, it's because we're trying to do more than God wants us to do. We have to pray, 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 and then pray some more that it is the Lord's will that we accomplish. This is putting God first in our schedules. Not worrying about the things I want done, making sure 